Welcome to Oh Brother, a podcast of three brothers trying to figure it all out with your hosts, Brandon, Colin, and Aaron. On this week's show, second round of testing. Hello. Why, hello. It is a day. It sounds day, like it. A day of days. <laughs> it's a <laughs> <laughs> uh, listeners, the the reason I'm chuckling so heartily is that this is, in fact, the seventh different time we've set for recording this week. <laughs> <laughs> it is. It's, it is indeed. It's, you know, it's, you know, a little bit. Sometimes of it's hard. It's fine. A little bit of there. Everything's fine. <laughs> you know, it's all good. <laughs> Indeed. Excuse me. I just finished eating. And so like, oh, I'm like still trying to get the food out of my throat here a little bit. I'm like, <laughs> oh. <laughs> what was dinner? Uh, Lila's. <laughs> so cashew chicken, and egg nice. rolls. Clearly <laughs> the, best, <laughs> the best dinner. <laughs> Springfield style, obviously. Well, obviously, Springfield style cash chicken. My favorite <laughs> Chinese. It's almost like pretend Chinese food because I know it's not like from China, but I don't care because <clears throat> I'm a Springfield boy and I love Springfield cashew chicken. <laughs> so good. <laughs> it really is. How are you, Aaron? Oh, I'm good. How are you doing? Well, you know, I've had better weeks, but, you know, it's all right. <laughs> <Yeah>. Same. <laughs> so, Colin, yeah. let us have a, let's start our journey today with your saga that you've been dealing with. Oh, like, I don't know, just what? this week? I don't <laughs> Yeah, let's see. <clears throat> Man, I tell you what, uh... People people decided that this year, dang it, they were going to travel for Easter. Like they never traveled for Easter before, but man, they that's because they haven't been able to travel all year long. <laughs> well, right, they're just looking for any sort of opportunity to leave. Spoilers, yeah. Then <laughs> so they might have a three or four day weekend now. They're like, ha, bye. They're like, I am going. This is what I am doing. So. Yeah. It didn't it also didn't help that we have seen a marked increase of our clients that started the year, started last year with one dog and now have two ah. dogs. So oh, that yes. so you know someone reaches out and like, "Hey, are you available for blah blah?" I'm like, "Sweet. Yeah, we are expecting one dog." And they're like, "Oh, we yes. can't wait for you to meet their sister." You're like, "There what?" I'll say what? I mean, that is true, too, if people have been home for a year, basically. Yeah. And now, they're, you know, they're like, well, I mean, yeah, well, I mean, you know, they've been at home. They've got time to put into having a new pet. Like, yeah, why not? Right. You know? Yeah. So we uh, are going to be there for those formative months or whatever. So, mm-hmm. you know, like, yeah, why not? I'm working from home. I'm spending all my time at home. <laughs> what about what about pets? I had, right, like I had a friend. 
Well, I'm part of it too. That makes like, sense. They were like, "Oh man, I'm really getting annoyed that my my dog is demanding all this attention from me. If I get them a playmate, I will have more free time." Uh, that's right. also probable. Yes, that's okay. the other right. But your uh, right. thought process that could occur. Yeah. So, so fair. Uh, I will say. Um, I want you to guess what is worse than one beagle puppy. Uh, beagle puppy. Two beagle puppies. Yeah, yeah two beagle puppies. Uh, it was the is worse than one beagle puppy. <laughs> They're so cute though. And but in my personal experience, one beagle puppy is quite bad. Yes. Um. Indeed. Like not necessarily that they're bad dogs or they're like troublemaking dogs. They're loud. Dogs. Very vocal. Very vocal dogs. They have a lot to say about so everything. And like <clears throat> yes. And so we there's one, his name's Kobe. So we actually have two Kobe's in the house because we have our Kobe. Hey. Have other Kobe. True. And uh he's a beagle. And I remember when he was a puppy, he stayed with us a while ago. Like he was playful, but anytime you'd like go to pick him up, it was like you were stabbing him in the face with an ice pick. He just wailed. The guy. <laughs> like, and so I was like, surely that's just like hidden thing right like that's just what he does nope his little sister grace does the exact same thing <laughs> it was like i just need to pick you up for a little bit and it's like rah, 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 no don't touch me <laughs> so yeah thursday was quite a lot we had we had remy and ruger we had kobe and grace we had sadie and shay we had Co- coda and luna and then we had a daycare for mac and a daycare for harley Wow. And we have <laughs> this is very, the menagerie. Yes. Yeah. And so that's Remy and Ruger. Oh, yeah. So, oh, and and we had a daycare for another two dogs that come from the same yeah. family. So we had goodness one, gracious. Uh, yeah. We had one, Hundreds of dogs two, everywhere. Three, four. So five families each had two dogs. Oh, yeah. Yay. And they're not small dogs. They're all medium to large dogs. That's a lot of dogs. That's how we roll. Oh, oh my. Oh. Um, and I've been going and seeing, doing some drop-ins on a little uh, Chihuahua named Blue. And Aww. no, he's really sweet. He's sixteen, and he's really super sweet. Uh, yeah. But when the owner called, she, I said, "So tell me about Blue." He said, "Well, he's he's part Chihuahua, tar- part pit bull." Uh, and, and what? <laughs> so he's I mean, all cute. I think that she's joking. However, I don't want to make a joke of it and then have her be like, I'm serious. Oh, that's my dog, right? Like, and offend her. So I just go, oh, yeah. I bet that, I bet he's a lot of fun, right? <laughs> and so I get there and he's, he's 100% Chihuahua. He's, <laughs> which means he's also 100% Pitbull. But <laughs> well, yeah, I was gonna say it just means he's like grumpy, <laughs> like is gonna bite everyone's face off. Like, <laughs> no, he's not. He's not bad at all. He's actually he of the Chihuahuas that we have sat over the last nine years. He's probably actually one of the best. Um, I think that's you know, dogs can go two ways in their as they get older. They either get extremely grumpy and persnickety, uh, or they get the oh hey, anyway. It's true. The mellow, <laughs> yes. <laughs> So, and he's, Indeed. he's definitely fallen into the, well, cool. I'm napping. <laughs> yeah. Like, okay, Blue. <laughs> How you doing, bud? <laughs> he's really sweet. I love his coloration. It's kind of, his coat reminds me of that of a coyote. How it's like 
brown with black flecks in it and like white wow. tips and um so he's a really he, he looks really cool and he's not he's not a tiny tiny chihuahua he's actually like a bigger chihuahua so he's mm-hmm. not quite so messed up <laughs> <laughs> not quite so grumpy yeah you know 100 percent eyes like mm-hmm. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> well, and yesterday, well, uh, it didn't work to to record because I was in the field all day. I was actually down in St. James, Missouri. Oh, uh, look at that! Yeah, out in the field, like seeing like grass and trees, <laughs> streams, perhaps, and all the streams. <laughs> yeah, the city oh. of St. James is wanting to put in a bike route. Um, and expand the bike hey. route, and they want to go down to Merrimack Springs Trout Park. Well, they called the right person. But in the middle <laughs> of, the, of the bike route and Merrimack Springs is grumpy old MDC. <laughs> who only recently has allowed bicycles on our properties <laughs> in many areas. I mean, they do. They are a much more aggressive force of erosion. Well, yes. Right. Yeah, people that uh, generalized statement. People that mm. ride mountain bikes or like bicycles, or I would say mountain bikes, like out of doors, uh, tend to be slightly aggressive and thrill seeking in nature. Wow! And wow, so they'll be like, "I'm gonna go down this giant hill," <laughs> and like, you know, <laughs> not always the best choice for. The yeah. natural environment, right? Yeah. Well, <laughs> Hurtling just, down virgin hillsides. Like, right. just, what if we li- gave you a path, though? Yeah. How about that? It's just liability, right? And it's it's access to property that um it's un it's being unmonitored. So they have concerns about other activities that go along with this. And as soon as some people start coming, other people will come. And blah. blah. So anyway, but this has been held up because. Um, the, the bike path ends on one side of the river and they need to get to the other side. And like December 1st, um, a lady down in that region got a call and was like, Hey, we need you to sign this letter uh, saying that you're okay with this thing. She's like, sign what? Huh? Who are you? Hi. And they're like, Oh, we're the city. Uh, we have these plans for crossing. You know, we, we just need you to sign off on it and we'd like to move forward. And they got the design. It was like terrible. It was just not ecologically friendly. It would mess up the watershed. It was things that we don't do anymore, and we actively are removing. And they were like, yeah, this is what we want. So they like like, missed the grant deadline for this and big thing. And one of the ladies who's working on it called me basically in tears. And she was like, I don't know what to do. I'm so confused. And I don't want people to be angry at me. And I was just like, huh? Hi. Uh, What are you doing? (laughs) And we get down there. And they're basically like, we have two places where we can put this crossing. One place, we're going to need a span bridge, and it's going to cost $180,000. And then another one, we're just going to have them walk across on the riffle with their bike. And it's going to uh, cost $9 for the sign. <laughs> I, think, I think maybe that might not be a good plan. <laughs> it, doesn't, it doesn't sound like... Well, just ford the stream, dude. Well, it's fine. Like, so we, uh, we we got a powwow together, and we had some pretty powerful people within within MDC there, and we were like, yeah, like this bridge idea. Even if we put a span bridge here, the span bridge is going to be ten feet tall. And we were talking to the biologist, and he was like, yeah, the water's still going to go like ten feet above that during the flood, heavy flood period. 
I was like, well, yeah, ah, I mean, ah, so yes. Um, and usually these band bridges are designed to be inundated and go underwater. But the problem with that is that the more flooding that they get, like the more likely you are to get large woody debris jammed on it and have them actually like ripped off yeah. their foundations. And it's this thing. And also <laughs> I got, I had my first encounter with a local in w- wearing the triangle. <clears throat> so, <laughs> so before all this happened, I drove down. What? Right. So I drove down and I was like, I'm going to go see these spots before everybody else gets there. So at least we have some idea of what's going on. Scouting out. Like scout it. Out. Well, I couldn't, get, I couldn't get access onto the property. So I had to stay on the north side of the river to see these. There. And, and, and so I was like, okay, well, that's fine. So I go to this one crossing. Because I can first, see the it's first fine. one. And I'm just like, I just want to see what it's like. Well, I pull off to the side of the road and I'm looking and behind me is a not so very nice house. And I'm like, oh, I don't think anybody's home. Well, I hear a door slam and a car start and he backs out super aggressively flinging gravel and then he buzzes past my truck going like insanely fast and really, really close. And my, my boss was with me. I turned to her and I said, well, I think we need to go. And she said, yeah, we need to go. <laughs> but this road is only one way. So I've got to, I've actually, in order to leave, I have to follow him and then turn around and drive past his house. <laughs> what? That was like a one lane. Is that what you mean? No, it's a dead end in front of us. It, it, it's, a, it's a road that oh. dead ends. Oh, okay. Okay. So you've already gone to the end. Okay. Yeah. So okay, I'm already I pretty see. close to the end. I'm facing. I was like, what do you mean? Sorry, I'm facing east. I've got to drive forward to the turnaround and then come back. Okay. So I'm like, well, got you, got you, got you, got you. We got to go. We start driving. Here he comes back towards us, pointing his finger out the window and shaking his head really aggressively. And I was like, <laughs> cool. <laughs> Sweet. So we turn around and I'm talking to her and I look over and he's standing in the middle of the road waving us down. And I'm like, well, Looks like we're making a friend. <laughs> Looks like we're, we're all down the window. Murdered. <laughs> uh, I, you know, roll down the window. I make sure the doors are like, make sure the doors are locked. Say, roll, roll like just a little bit roll down the window, hopefully. No, like full, just a, full, a crack. Full roll down. No, you got to go to the crack. Like, nope. What? The windows <laughs> rolled down. The doors are locked. And we're talking to him. And this gentleman is totally freaked out that the department's there. And he's heard rumors of a trail coming through and he wants to know, is the government going to take his property? And yes, imminent domain for a bike path. (laughs) Clearly. Well, see, here's the thing. His property butts up right next to our property and there's no signs. There's no gates or whatever. As a matter of fact, what we do, we lease that property to him. And so he is worried that we're going to come in and he's no longer going to be able to lease it from him. This whole piece of property is probably 5,000 square feet. We just have it so we can get access to that side of the river. That's it, right? That's the only reason we have it. And he starts laying into us like, yo, they're telling me I need to clean up my stuff. And and it is like strewn with litter and debris and all sorts of stuff. And we're like, well, like... We're not here I mean, for that. Like we're all we're here for is to look at the crossing. It's not even sure it's going to go. But also, there. yes, clean but up also, Please clean it up, right? No, we didn't. Say, yeah. And every so often, like I'm kind of checking our mirrors to make sure that nobody's coming up behind us because this guy is he has no friends. Like <laughs> right, they're king. Oh. And then because the, you know he's 
he's obviously really fr- like really freaked out about this and super paranoid about why somebody's down there looking at this and he's not well like he just you can see it in his eyes in his face you know scarring pit marks like he's he's not well but we're trying to keep this civil and just be like look we don't even know if this thing's going to go in they just asked us to come down here and give recommendations for if something were to go in to do that and then he starts asking about like property boundaries and what he can do on our property and we're like okay this is going fine and he starts really laying into really heavily how there's no cell service down there. And like, he kind of, <laughs> and that's not like a, uh, I try and call sometimes. Like, there's no, like it's, it's more like a, Hey, you know, there's no cell service down here. Like a veiled threat. Like, like a veiled threat. You can't call like, anybody. Like, like nobody will hear scream. <laughs> I'm just like, well, uh, <laughs> <laughs> well, that's, uh, <clears throat> well, that's very nice. Uh, we actually do have a meeting to get to. Um, have a nice day, sir. People, people are expecting us. They know where we are. Right. <laughs> yeah, lots of people know. Like everybody, literally everybody. <laughs> and we leave it on good terms, right? We're like, have a good day, sir. And if you have more questions, the regional office is here. Please go talk to those people. And we we drive away. Well, <laughs> the thing about needing to look at the crossing is now we are going to access that same point from the other side of the river. So we, yeah. so we start walking up. We'll see you in a minute, buddy. Well, it's not by forever. And we, we come across the other side of the river. And the river's like, I don't know, like 80, 95 feet across. So it's a pretty good span from high bank to high bank, right? Like, and that's why this, the span bridge would be so expensive. But a group of now 12 MDC people are now standing on the stream bank. And boy, howdy, <laughs> that good old boy flew down his hill. Straight back down. again, coming back, and and everyone's like looking around, and I'm like, yeah, that, that, that's the guy, and they're like, oh, really? And, but we still have stuff to talk about, right? We need to make a decision that day because we need to get something. So we start talking. Well, yeah, trying to do it, and not pride, not not ignoring, but not actively engaging. And we watch him, and he comes down the hill, and all of a sudden we notice there's a boat moored on the other side of the river, and I was like, oh no. <laughs> This is, he's, gonna, he's coming across. He's going to roll across the river and talk to us. Which tells me he accesses the property an, an awful lot. He he didn't need to, us to tell him what he could or couldn't do. He already knows. Yeah. Right. Like, <laughs> <laughs> yes. The, you, you have a boat moored from across the property. I You come over here an awful lot. When, anyway. And he's... But the water's down. The boat's stuck in the mud. He's slipping and sliding all over the place. He's got a push pole that, that he's trying to use. He's in the boat trying to push off the bank with it, but it's stuck. Yeah. So like he gets in the well, water. Well, there goes my, my uh, solution to this problem, Aaron. I was going to suggest medieval style ferry, right? <laughs> we just with the pull rope, when you yeah. pull like the hobbits used, right? That's what I was going to just a little ferry, just moored up. You just, you just like pull yourself across the river and then you pull yourself back. We, you know, we're looking at the span bridge, and Dang somebody, it. which costs between $180,000 <laughs> And um, I go, well, you know, there's always a, a zip line. And one of the gentlemen there goes, that's probably more likely than the stupid span bridge. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so maybe medieval fairies not off the table. Not too far off. Yeah. yeah. So while we're discussing this, um, our friend, the gentleman across the river is starting to become more frustrated that he can't get to us. And he's like, keep look, he keeps looking over. He's got a cigarette hanging out of his mouth. And at some point he's like scrambling across a, uh, a ladder that he's got laid across a ravine that he uses to cross it. But Good now he's crossing it with, the muddy, with muddy and wet feet. And he's like, Oh no, he was probably 15 feet off the ground. 
and oh, no. above the water at this point because it, it was like this really, mm-hmm. really gullied right there. And man, he almost bit it. And I was like, oh, we're gonna have to go in and save this guy. And okay, like, <laughs> no. I'm, like I'm ready, I'm getting ready to go down because he's gonna hit his head on something and we gotta pull him out of the river. He, he, like a spider monkey, he scrambles across, frustrated. He storms up it back into his house and comes out with his two pit bulls on chains and then plays with them in the yard. And I'm like, I think we need to really move along from this guy. Hey, <laughs> so very aggressive guy. Wait, again, and you know, we're leaving and we're walking away and I'm like, you know, I, I think that a spam bridge could possibly work there. Economically, it doesn't make sense. Um, it could work there. I think you could engineer it to be a certain way. Public safety wise, I don't think it's a good reason. It's it the access is not workable for that one reason alone, right? Like <clears throat> we don't need to be encouraging yeah. bikers and families coming through here and increasing access and exposure to that place and possibly coming across an altercation, right? Like that would be true. Awful. So yeah. <laughs> we we go to the second site and um, uh, we go to the second site and it's, it's much flatter. The hills aren't quite as big and there's like already a pre-existing um, parking lot on one side. And all of a sudden we're like, you know what? I think that um, we can have them cross on the riffle. <laughs> and, and, like, uh... and that sounds like a really good idea because basically and just say look the grant you're going to apply for is just going to go towards the trail improvements you're going to improve your it's going to go to improve the parking lot and the trail down to the river then the trail access from the river up to the fire line roads that we already have on the property and that's where your money's going to go towards and you're not going to pitch this as a basically we don't i was like i, I turned to the lady who was kind of organizing all this from the department side and i was like what is the city's objective here like are do they think like families are going to come on this or you know, because there's mountain bikers and then there are people who ride mountain bikes and they're very different, as you alluded to earlier, Brandon. And she was yes. Like, <laughs> yes, there are. <laughs> yeah. And she was like, well, I think we're, I think they were going to say families. And I was like, we can't, we can't do that. We can't accommodate that. So basically we just need to come to them and say, look, this is the kind of trail with this kind of trail rating that we can provide. And if you would like that, we'd be more than happy to do this. Otherwise, you know, we're not going to put in a structure. We're not going to do any of this stuff. And sure. this is this label is it black to... diamond. Right. That's and no like. families will come. Right? <laughs> that's, that's what I said. I was like, like, because, oh, here's the other thing. She was like families. And I was like, the roads through the departments of conservation, like from the city of St. James ah. to Merrimack Springs is something like it's over 13 miles. You're not getting a family on that. <laughs> just like i was like i think this is the best thing that we need to do and everyone was like yeah like we can get some signage and some legal language and talk about liability and stuff blah blah but like we can make it more of like an adventure trail and like fording rivers and like nature yeah and things like that like that's, pitch, yeah pitch it from that aspect instead of because it's obviously not going to be paved the entire way it's not even going to be gravel the entire way it's going to be muddy tracks in some of these some yeah. of these places so it was just this like, yeah, we just need to use start using different language for this kind of trail and who it's for. And honestly, like, if you built a road like that and it made it a trail, made it accessible, the hardcore mountain bikers would, would come there in droves, right? And find it challenging and they would... Oh, yeah. Yes. I think so. I think that would be... 
much more appealing. And then you could like build up local people to become more interested in more adventurous mountain biking. Right. Because now you have that thing and maybe not like whole families will go, but like teenage kids will get mountain bike or people in their early twenties will start to mountain bike. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. And become a different outlet that way. Not like little kids, but like, you know, older people, older kids and young adults. Right. Right. And honestly, I think from the department's perspective, having more naturescape trails and more natural road surfaces is a much better look for the department than having paved and graveled surfaces the entire way. Right. Like that's not what the department is in the business of doing. And the town, the town could accommodate that themselves. Right. If the town really wanted to push this, as you said, they did, they can create some more low level trails within the township, right? And you could be like, oh, here's our... You could could market it that way. You say, oh, here's our, like, little trail that goes to, like, a Greenway trail, whatever. That's usually what they call them. You know? Like, we have one of those. Like, you start it there, and then that's where people start on. And then they go, oh, yeah, but when you get better, you go over there. Right? right? And you sort of build up that more environmentally conscious and, like, outdoorsy spirit uh, around biking and bike paths and then you go oh yes and and we can also go over there into the wood mm-hmm. to go more extreme mountain biking right like yeah it's a whole thing so my my whole my, so i think it's up to the town a little bit right to see how to they want to pitch up. it and again it was this thing yeah. like look like that that's what we are willing to do and if you're willing to go along with that and if you want and if you can get consistent messaging between you the bike shops, um, the other parks in the area about what this trail is and exactly who's it for. We're down for that. And we're, we'd be excited to be involved in this because, you know, it's like there's a lot of work that goes completely unseen on MDC properties. Like the amount of uh, prairie improvement projects and timber stand improvement and glade uh, work that they do that nobody gets to see right because <laughs> they're just preserving yeah, it for true. preservation's sake right they do have some places where people can go walk and path but like this this place this conservation area no they're like no walking path it's just for conservation and so this would be a, a way to start getting a little bit of access and kind of behind the scenes look at the kind of projects and improvement yeah. that's going on some of the other natural scapes right about Oh yeah, and it's beautiful, and because we then we well, got yeah. to, we got to ride through, um, drive the a lot of the fire fire trails and roads that they have going through the roads is very very loose here. Like this is <laughs> well, yes, <laughs> I was in, in four wheel drive low for a few of these things. Um, so like, uh, it, it was beautiful just to be driving around on there and seeing all like the. Uh, forestry side that i i don't get to see a lot of and exactly you know what they do and how they improve timber stands basically sweet there we go so that was yesterday mm-hmm. that's pretty interesting <laughs> i was tired at the end of that <laughs> i can imagine plus it's two and a half hours away being slightly ex- yes yeah so even more But you said your That's week was a little rough. Me? Yeah. Uh, yes. Well, yes. Just uh, emotionally, 
it was yeah. a, a yeah. rough one. Work wise, it was fine, but like, you know. <coughs> so that was it. Work's just work. It's just springtime. It's almost testing season, so we're getting all that stuff ready and doing all that stuff. And then, so yeah. So other than that, uh, nothing too too much. Keeping it low key since it's been so traumatic. Oh well, yeah, I'm sure the <laughs> the weather has helped a little bit. Hopefully, right? The weather's been a little bit. Not like super cold and rainy. Although it was a freeze warning the other day, which was that was fun, intriguing. But like, oh, wow. I just I just picked out grass. Oh crap! <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we had a freeze warning. Was it I don't know, Wednesday, yeah. Thursday morning? I guess. It was definitely frosty outside. <laughs> like, wait, oh. what's going? Yeah, it was nuts. This is why I teach weather science in the spring because uh, we can see all this, <laughs> all this stuff. <laughs> well, yeah, like now for diversity of weather. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Boom. So yeah, that's pretty much it. Nothing too much. Sure. So, what about you, Aaron? I'm gonna recap my week. Of- um, so Monday, I took the first test, um, or the first step towards getting Oklahoma certified teaching. It's called the OGET, Oklahoma yeah. Journal Education Test. Um, uh-huh. so I took that Monday. Um, it, it would be the second time I take it. So it's, it's a wee difference. Um, I haven't. Like concept wise, I have not had to do like what's the word I'm for? Um, there's a certain phrase or what it's called. Like, so in, in this test, I, I haven't had to take like a legitimate test test in a long time. So sure, the true. first, the first, the first part of that test is all like read this passage. What does the author mean? By this, what could okay. be in paragraph five? Like, what verbiage could be changed to make this sentence more like make more sense? So that's right. the first part. And so it's like, okay, whatever. Blah, 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 you know, English test, in, in and out kind of stuff. <laughs> um, there, there's a lot of like, what kind of um, format did the author, you know, do by this? And you're like, oh, I, I don't know. That's good. that is a good question. So, so, so there, the first part's that. The second part is a lot of things. Well, the, the second part is like all math, basically, um, mm-hmm. word problems, graphs here and there, things like that. So that that's that's the second part. And then the third part's kind of a follow up with the, um, like with the first part. It's still it's still some English stuff. And then there is a lot of you know, oh, like, what's the main difference between using this sort of resource looking into something like this form of resource? Like when you're using some sort of uh, like research topic or something. Like, oh, uh, I don't know. That's something I never really thought about myself. So you, you go through that. And then it's like questions of, 
you know, what, what's the better topic or what, you know, how, what's the best way to use like this kind of source? And like, oh, what's the best way to, you know, gain this information if you're, if you're only looking for, you know, blah, blah, blah. Like, uh, okay. And then the it's final part, yeah. So then the, <laughs> the final part is like, um, it is, is Matt, is, um, you write an essay. So you, is oh, no. graded on how you, you know, how you do your essay, how you type, like, how y'all write it, format, and all that. And so, so that, that's, um, you know, basically the gist of, of, of the OGET. Um, about a hundred questions long. Somewhat, you have about an hour and a half, maybe, if I remember correctly, um, to take it. Maybe two hours. I don't remember. Kind of everything's been kind of a blur since then. So, so you take that, and then it's it's weird how they how they do it. So they take like x amount of tests, and in those tests, they oh, like, like you know, x amount of people's tests. So they'll they'll take like forty people's tests, and we'll grade them all at the same time. But you won't get your tests back until like a few weeks to months later so it's, yeah there's like a window right it's like yeah a, like there's uh the way that they do it in missouri anyways there's like a th- let's say there's a three-week window mm-hmm. where they have it and they just like alternate those and yeah. at the end of that three weeks they grade everybody's tests yeah and then you don't get the result until like a week or two after that so it's yeah. super annoying <laughs> do they score you against each other because i know when i took the gre that's what they did of like your score was relative to everybody else who took that same test uh, in that same area. No, not in this one. They just okay. they just have the banks set up where the like the testing schedule set up is they just grade them in chunks. So like gotcha. like I said, the window's open for a long time and it's just graded against the like a rubric thing or whatever. So it's not okay. like against other people. Yeah. Okay. So it was just kind of nice because you know, if it came to other people, it it'd be a little bit different because like he it was in a weird like I've never taken it in a place like this. It's one of those like professional testing facilities that like companies like send their engineers to or yeah. You know, like they, they like college kids will go in and take their tests there or like different companies will send people. Yeah, because it's like monitored and they have like the little people that check you in, you gotta yeah. play get the locker. Um, right the away. the only the only other test that I've ever taken have kind of been like that, but not to like the extent of this place. So it was, it was kind of cool and you know, kind of unique and different. Um, in in that sense, the yeah, I, I used the like the whole chunk of time that I was there. Like, oh, just going through, take time. I was, I was being a good testing, um, and I did I did that. Um, I feel a lot more confident in in this test than I than I did the first time I took it because the first time I was like, I know what tests are like, and I I, I bombed it hard. Uh, I haven't had to take a test in so long. I, I it was it was a struggle. Um, so that that was Monday, uh, Tuesday, Wednesday. We told myself we went on a. Um, a date to this amazing restaurant called Nola's in Tulsa. It is a super fancy, like 
uh, is it Cajun? It is Cajun. Yes. Okay. Um, okay. The name. So I was I was I was guessing based on yeah no yeah yeah so we oh, I was right so we did that. Um, I've never had like it was like the second time that I've been there, and I, I've never had like a beignet before, and they were so good. Why? Um, <laughs> what do you mean why? Yeah, it's how really how do you mean? Well, because I I never I never got to like go truly experience New Orleans before. Um, I I just like I got there and like oh it's in New Orleans wow then we left. <laughs> um, so my my I got to experience Tulsa style New Orleans, which was amazing. Um, and so we did that. And then what's today? Saturday. Yesterday we got to go on kind of like a little another kind of date is um, to this place called Mother Road Market, which is on Highway 60 in Tulsa. Um, it, it's it's one of those things where it's kind of like a food truck shop that everybody like brings their stuff and sets up in these like restaurants. It's kind of like a miniature like food court from mall like in like a different facility and so it, it, it's a lot of like like pulse food trucks and all these other things that are you know placed in this rest like in this gigantic you know barn basically um and so we we would that get to try a lot of different foods and then I think it's in the extent of my um, week, really, is just test taking and then be like, I deserve to go do this because I work really hard. <laughs> um, and so, yeah. I, so I when when do you get your test back? Do they give you a date? So they gave me a piece of paper that has the uh, like the website, and then I go to that, and then the website will tell me when my stuff is in um it could be a month oh. it could be two months could be a few weeks i'm not oh, sure i didn't know if they gave uh, you like a window of like it should be done by this date yeah. or something well they, they gave me a piece of paper that says congratulations you, you know you took the test and then it gives me a link to a website and then i put in my Ew. credentials and then it, it was also like the weirdest thing i could like i went in there and they made me like scan my palm is that a normal thing I've never had my. Oh, I didn't do that. That's Aaron. Yeah. Were you, it was. Were, were you trying to become a Men in Black? <laughs> yes, I think that's actually how this is that Men in Black test. Like I, yeah, I, I walked don't, in. Don't you, uh, I got my little number thing. The lady, the lady <laughs> called. I went up there. I showed up my ID. Put my stuff in the locker. It's like, oh, go ahead, go ahead and put your stuff on the scanner. And I was like, I beg your pardon. Like, no, there's like a little scanner. It has a little like ring. Thing that I put my index finger or my middle finger in and it like scans my palm and huh. and then it was weird because I went and did the next part where there's another guy that's like, oh I'm here to do you know this and you know go ahead and put your hand on the scanner and I was like you mean the scanner that I was like two feet away that you saw me scan like <laughs> well, we, we need identification that it is you. I'm like, I, you just saw me scan. Like, well, okay, I mean, apparently, so, apparently, cheating has become 
very high tech, and they have to like no, yeah, wandered so into a CIA office. Aaron, uh, yeah, no, like, apparently, I'm really concerned. Here. Yeah, I did. I did. I did that. I, I then and then it's like, oh well, you're taking you're taking the teacher test, and so you go to the special like room. It was like so they literally put me in like a locked cubicle that had like a window and had like a fan in it and headphones and. I was there for the for the next like hour and a half. I was like, "Oh, this is a lot different than the other places I go to. The other yeah, places are less scary." Good. So, yeah, so that was that was the um, my week in a nutshell. There you go. Well, hopefully a, that'll go good. And then, do you have? Is it Oklahoma same? Do they have a second round of tests that comes after that? Yes. So to because okay. so that's what we have too. There's the OGET, and then there's the... I can't remember which comes in order. Shelby might yell at me from the other room. Um, then there's the, the... There's the OSAT, which is the specialized one, which is for me, I will take the Oklahoma... Yeah, like the content-specific one? Yeah. yeah. And yeah, then yeah. there's the OPTI? No, nope or yes? <laughs> yes the OPTI. Um, bring her on the show. Bring her on the show. <laughs> Yeah, this so, is Joe, special so guest. Off, and then after that, you're, you uh, you have to take um, college classes um, that are like classroom management and stuff like that. So, Holy cow. Okay. Yeah. Dang. Um, yeah. Take, uh, well, maybe it's because I was doing those at the same time. That could be why. Because yeah, we just had to take the, we took the one that you did. That's like right. the first one. And then you do, in Missouri, you have to take the content ones. But yeah. in Missouri, <laughs> That well, at least for the content ones, I don't remember the first one. I don't remember what it's called. There's too many acronyms of teaching, and they're terrible. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't remember the first one's called, but the second one, at least here, like immediately after I took the test, I walked out of the room and they printed off a piece of paper and it says pass or fail on it. Whoa, oh, that's nice. What the heck? And like. You have to wait for your final score to be tabulated, so you don't know like the numbers that you got. Yeah, but they tell you based on uh, like a very quick calculation if you passed or failed, mm-hmm. and then you have to wait those weeks for the final confirmation. But it was so nice yeah. <laughs> just to, to know like, immediately. Yeah, because because with with this, as long as you get like your foot in the door, basically. Um, once you get like those main tests taken, you have up to three years to get your other tests, like your your classes and everything else taken care of. Mm. And so, um, mm. like once once you have those, those, those are the, the biggest kind of things. And then yeah, we'll usually be like, oh yeah, you know, go ahead and you know take take whatever, or you know take your time or do this that. And so that yeah. that's usually and then. And then it's like a really long, because like technically I'm still a probationary teacher, mm-hmm. right? Because I've mm. been teaching less than less than five years almost. Yeah. Uh, not for much longer, but like yeah. you have to do something to get like the official, like a final certification after you mm-hmm. do that. I don't really know how that works. I'm going to have to have somebody at school tell me what to do, but like, I because <laughs> <laughs> I have no idea. That's one of those things where like, I don't know how to do that. And I just... <laughs> Well, there is. I know in some states, like in in the state of Kansas, um, we have a person at school whose job it is to help me with that. So hopefully, there. In, <laughs> in Kansas, you have to like take like a college class like every like two years 
for like however long that you um that you teach for and so like I, yeah well in missouri you have to do that too uh it's well it's professional development hours yeah right and so those can count for that um our school has enough we have enough professional development days throughout the school year mm-hmm. where they're covered. Right. So you don't have to worry about really finding your own. Uh, they're all there. They're all built in huh. to mm. schedule. So we have all those days where it's like teacher work day. Those count as professional development hours. Yeah. And the school logs them and says, oh yeah, they did this, blah, blah, blah. And so then in, then you're good. You don't have to worry about that. So, <laughs> yeah, okay. Yeah. So I don't really have to go find my own to catalog, or I don't have to like write down all this stuff I do outside yeah. class, outside school. Like they're already there and done. So, which yeah. is handy because I'm really bad at that kind of thing. So I don't <laughs> <laughs> like logging time and like all that stuff. It was it's, I'm bad at that. So. <laughs> that's a feature that I'm rubbish at. So I don't worry. Don't worry. It's okay. Yeah. But also, thank you for your help. <laughs> yeah. <it's> your... <laughs> well, hopefully, uh, you get those back soon so you'll know. Yeah. I, I'm definitely, definitely ready for, for a change. Um, yeah, sure. And as long as we get like some of the stuff taken care of first, like you know, if you yeah. go um, on that end, but yeah, that that one's the biggest hurdle. And I, with me taking a test, I've never well, <laughs> definitely later in college, I I would fail some tests. Um, but like the first time I took it, I was devastated. And I was like, oh, this is this is, this is the career. And then like I get on. W showed me like a Facebook page of you know people who have taken it and they have failed constantly or like they failed it five or six times or, or something like that. I'm like, oh, I don't have too much to worry about. But it, it's still that kind of like in the back of my mind. It's like, oh, I'm failed. And I'm like, wait, so I haven't been in school in years. What am I doing? So I guess that's okay on that end. But yeah, it's one of those things. It's just like it is kind of hard, like emotionally wrecking because you know. Mm-hmm it's like a big thing and like you have to pass it. Right. Yeah. Like, you have to, there's not another, like if that is going to be your profession, there's not another recourse really mm-hmm. You have to do it. So, uh, but yeah, it is common for people to have to take it more than once just because yeah. it, is, it is hard and it is stressful. And I think the stress is the other factor there where people get, mm-hmm. you know, put down and let's be real. It's not really, at least the one in Missouri. It's not just really a greatly designed test. Like it doesn't really. Yeah. They it's not yeah. wonderful from what I remember. Like it's not. I mean, again, designing test is a very tricky oh, thing. Yeah. It's very hard. Um, <clears throat> but that's why almost all tests are basically just reading tests. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, <laughs> that that is something that I that I definitely noticed. Like cause this time, I definitely. Um, I don't, I don't know if it was like the first time, like when I did take it, you know, that, that panic set then of like, oh, I don't know what to do. It's like, I'm just gonna do it quickly. This time I was actually able to like, like read through everything and like, like 
articulate what it all meant. Like reading it, I was like, yeah. this is a really bad test. Like, it is just garbage. It's, yeah, it's not really. Like, they, they talked about in it, it's like, what's better um, resource management, like using the library or like the internet? I was like, when did this test come out? Like 2004? Like, come on now. Yeah. It's the internet, bro. Come on. Yeah. What you... <laughs> it's like, it's like, if, if I were to you, like, there's a question on there that's like, if, uh, uh, what was it? Like, if, if I was using a, you know, this kind of research, like, what would be the best way to get information? And those, like, the library or, like, encyclopedia or, like, stuff on the internet. I'm like, Encyclopedia. Like, Nobody's used like, an encyclopedia for years. Like, no, what are you talking about? Like, just it, it, you know. <laughs> well, why, why do I have a chance, like an option between, um, you know, the library and the internet? go to the library? Check out my World Book ninety eight. Right, that's yeah. like, <laughs> like, yeah. Boom, answered you both. God, both obviously. <laughs> I mean, like that. That does. That sounds so out of date. Like. When I was in high school, right, mm-hmm. we were only allowed to use like two internet sources max. Yeah, yeah. The, all the rest of mine had to come from books from the library. Mm-hmm. Yeah, all of them. You know how 100%. annoying that was. Yeah. <laughs> like find relevantly recent printed books in a school library about such an impossible is what that is. It can, like impossible right. not yeah not happening. It so, was... that sounds very dated and weird they'd be like you can't use internet like what, what do you mean i can't use it get out of here i yeah, yeah, <laughs> only use was... internet every day <laughs> come on it was a very rough based test like actually like reading through it i'm like you want me to choose between a library and the interweb like come on guy. like choose the it... internet Every time. Yeah. I mean, I, I read books, right? I have books. I read them. I'm currently reading some, right, about, like, historical things. So mm-hmm. I do read books. But usually that's for, like, hyper-specific information. Yeah. <laughs> right? Like... Well, yeah. Or, or more, like, information that I have, uh, like, in my interest. But, like, I use the internet mm-hmm. to look at, like, all the other stuff. Like, I don't want to buy a book about next thing i just want to read about it right now yeah right that's all i want <laughs> i had a question and i just want to read it it's not my particular like interest level right because i'm currently reading a book the sequel it's a it's called paris 1919 <laughs> right about yeah. the, the treaty after world war one right that's a very specific Yeah, it's a very thing. specific thing. But if I want to read about uh well, to be topical, international shipping, uh, then I'm just gonna use internet <laughs> and the economics of shipping. Well, yeah. That's what I'm gonna talk about. <laughs> oh my god. You know, those I don't necessarily need a book for that. Those pictures of that are insane. No, I mean it's it's past now, right? Yeah, okay. First of all, I still don't know how that happened. No, like I have no. Idea. I, I have no. They said it was the wind. Like, bro, that ship is enormous. We talking about the wind? Yeah, come on. <laughs> yeah, city. It's longer than like the Empire State Building laid on its side. And you want me to believe it? Was it's the- so huge. 
Yeah. Do you see those pictures, Aaron? The ship in the Suez Canal? That's what we're talking about. I know. So it, it took me okay. a because I was going to make... Yeah. We jumped on it real hard on you. About right. like intern. But there, it was... Like, I, I was it seeing... It could be, yeah. This is a guy. Random guy. I was seeing I'm a nap. The, uh, you got it. Like, the CGI, like, map that people created. And, like, it shows, like, the depth of the channel and, like, all these different mm-hmm. factors. And I was like, yeah, but it's a boat. Like, no, the satellite imagery of that thing. It's intense. Oh man, it is so. Now is so I have cute. heard from people that I know that have been in the Navy and have traveled through the Suez Canal. Mm-hmm. Right? Uh, there's a guy at school that he's he works there, and he's retired Navy. He said that place is there are. I mean, everybody I've ever talked to, there's certain parts where you like Navy ships go through. They like hold their breath, like don't don't move, don't. <laughs> Don't we don't want the boat to hit anything? Like, oh sure, it's like real narrow still. So the fact that some of those ships are going through that are so big, it's like, whoa! How do they do that? Well, yeah, because you don't. <clears throat> it, but I don't know how it got wedged completely diagonally sideways. Right? It's just like what? Yeah. Earth? And then wait. Well, it, me. Personally, I mean, I, I understand those boxes or those containers are quite the windbreak but yeah dang man i mean i don't think i ever really looked at a picture of the suez canal until this so like all these aerial photos of just this like little sliver of blue through the complete desert lands oh yeah it's like it's very oh, yeah. jarring and shocking to think about that it is and, then and they, it gets the, widened every once in a while and they do oh, stuff yeah. on it but like but, yeah but no, it's like, uh it's really desolate out it's there. not wide no it's that, not that's what i was about to say because i was like imagining this gigantic like highway of ships going back and forth like that's a creep that is about as wide oh yeah it's like (laughs) there are certain areas where they have to go one at a time yeah and there'll be like little lake things in there where they kind of like can they can go away and then kind of like pull off to the side Mm -hmm. like a little passing area where to let another ship go the other way so they can move traffic through that way yeah nuts well right it's not it's not like you're like a a straight or something right where you think that's like a really wide thing it's actually extraordinarily narrow Narrow. right it's It's really narrow and then the fact that like once it was blocked they're like well guess we're going around the horn africa again or you know down the cape of good hope here we go just like the 17 well and i mean yeah because some of those ships just like well i mean the backup of ships that all of a sudden happen is like insane weeks and weeks like hundreds of ships are all of a sudden like well that's another concept that I never really thought about. Of, you know, the world's shipping lane goes through that. And then, you know, some person misses the exit and has to back up traffic for miles. Yeah. Well, it's because like, normally it like works for some unknown reason through magic. I think probably it like normally works. Okay. Yeah. You know, Definitely and like magic. you think about that, you think about shipping, you think about like the open ocean. But there are all these places in the world that are like really bottlenecky mm-hmm. for shipping. And it's kind of insane uh, just how like delicate that balance is, I guess is the word I'm looking for. Yeah. About how little tiny hangups here and there can just like destroy the shipping channels and like make things get backed up and forever. 
Well, now I just want to look at the Panama Canal now. <laughs> oh, it's worse, man. It is. Uh, it's even smaller. Have you ever seen the video? There's, so there, first of all, there's some pretty sweet videos online. You can watch it like time lapse of the trip through the Panama Canal. Where it'll just be like the camera on the boat. And then they just fast forward to things. You can watch oh, yeah. the whole the journey. Oh, and it's pretty fascinating. <laughs> like, because they just widened it too, not too long ago. So it's a little wider. It has bigger ships, but like, and it does the same thing. You got these little locks, you know, and then they get into the, there's a big lake in the middle of Panama where they kind of hang out and kind of staging area through and then to go to the other side. Right, so you can get going back and forth, but but how winding uh, it's possible to keep pace with how fast the ships grow. Yeah, you know, because the ships work on economy of scale. Like the more stuff you can carry, the cheaper it is to carry it. <laughs> yeah, right yeah. through this weird, you know, kind of just how it works. Like, <laughs> so they can build these ships enormous. Well. And that's what I was going to say. Like, there's even some ships that like can't go through the Panama Canal or the Suez Canal because they're so big. So like, big? Wow. Yeah, they, they can't go through there. Yeah. I, some of the uh, the shots that came out get, of, of like the little, um, well, not the little, but like the full-size excavator next to the boat. Oh, right yeah. I like, like, the excavator's like, oh my huge. And this thing looks like a little like, tiny ant next to this. Yeah. Shot. Oh, it's like you just completely you, and, and that's partly that's hard again because that scale, like in the middle of a ocean, scale does is completely meaningless, right? Like, it, yeah. Do <laughs> like, you realize how big those boxes are? On the deck, you're like, wait a minute, that's a semi trailer, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> basically, right? Yeah, because all those shipping containers are the same size. Hmm? You know, they're hmm. international standard uh, of size so you kind of look at it and all of a sudden a ship like that that one that ever ever given or whatever you look at the deck and you go oh god yeah that's a lot of boxes <laughs> and there's more <laughs> below deck <laughs> oh no <laughs> like those ships are basically measured about on how many of those boxes they can carry mm-hmm. that's how the, that's the sizing measurement right how many containers they can actually hold <laughs> Which is insane. So. <laughs> excuse me. Uh, I was reading, though. This guy, uh, these uh, several people were talking about how this uh, sort of event was leading people to rethink about how shipping works. Kind of like what you were talking about, Aaron. Like, they were kind of looking at how it currently works and, like, well, how do you make it not do that? <laughs> and several people's solution to this problem is uh, revi- the uh, potential reviving of the airship. Hey! The dun, dun, dun. <laughs> yeah, right? Like these big, I saw a couple of prototypes of these like massive <laughs> airship things that are designed to be like hollow and those containers like fit inside the airship structure they're pretty crazy i don't know how they compare to how many they would be able to hold on a boat but like it really made me think about like that'd be kind of cool like (laughs) 
But it's one of those things too, like you think about like, well, it's a new thing. So not a lot of people would use it at first anyway. Right. But as it became more and more common, how many jobs around the world for things would you lose if airships became a thing? Mm. Right. Mm. Because like, if you think about it, if you need, if you have an airship, I don't need as many truck drivers anymore because an airship can literally land anywhere. It doesn't, yeah. it doesn't have to land it up. It doesn't have to land at a port and then be put on a truck to drive yeah. somewhere else. So what do you lose? And then what jobs do you lose around the economy of having trucks? You know, and uh, somewhat strangely, uh, while I was reading about that this week, I found this show that I watched online uh, this weekend, basically, <clears throat> because I have that curiosity stream uh, thing, you know, a hashtag not sponsored, by the way. Oh, really? Um, <laughs> yeah. So I have that, but because I use some of it for school and I just like to watch it sometimes and it's pretty cheap to have. Um, again, not sponsored, but I found a show on there. That, be totally cool. That's true. Uh, hey guys, what's up? Um, I, <laughs> anyway, side note, I found the show on there. It was just like randomly, uh, because side note, curiosity stream, also not a great platform for browsing. I'm a browser and not really the best for that. They have some things they need to work on. If if you want to browse effectively and just like look for shows in a certain genre, it would be nice to know what genres the current show you're watching are classified as. Uh, that would help. Um, shocking. <laughs> shocking, right? Your menus need to be a little better. You can work on that. I believe in you. Anyway, it's called hot roads and it is a show all about like these extreme roads throughout the world that are like hyper dangerous and where, uh, lots of goods have to travel. <laughs> right. Huh. So like the, one of them, like the first episode I watched is like the Manalele highway in like super Northern India, like through the Himalayan mountains. Yo, like, like, <laughs> yeah, like the only way to get stuff there is by these big trucks on this like janky path through the mountains. <laughs> awesome and it's like a whole show about that like just all over the world these like the the in where is it bolivia the the road of death you know from that one top gear episode uh-huh. it's on there just watch that <clears throat> uh other stuff like that and it's just like all about these people that are you know a lot of them are truck drivers or like bus drivers right <laughs> or something sure. that have to drive on these roads that are crazy perilous you know, and so the show also has its own problems. Like the narrator is the world's most boring. Like the narration in the show is <laughs> not How good. How is that possible with such an interesting topic? I don't know. Everything he talks about is like, yes, this driver has to be very vigilant because this road is very dangerous today. Like that's his tone. The whole <laughs> thing. Like everybody that does the voiceovers are like asleep in the show. <laughs> it's, not, it's not good. Uh, they could do better. Anyway, the 
So it was it's really hard to be able to think of these like incredible vistas and like these trucks traveling on this like super treacherous stretch of road and the narrator's just like calmly talking about how the driver can't make one mistake. Otherwise he could fall hundreds of meters to the bottom of the gorge. In that tone of voice, you're like, come on, man, give <laughs> Stop it. <laughs> uh, but yes so uh it's pretty interesting but that that's again that's my original point was that it made me think about like all the other uh industries and like people who rely on that like that transportation industry like the people that live on those little roads on the little towns on the side of the road they rely on that's how they get goods and services they sell stuff to these people that travel the road that you know because sometimes this is the only way to just even get to a certain place right and so like all those little tiny industries um would be affected greatly by like the return of the airship you know and it'd be like even uh, we see that already with like the interstate highway system how like places mm-hmm. like little tiny towns just like die because oh, yeah. the traffic doesn't go there anymore <clears throat> so uh on the one hand i think airships are sweet but i think <laughs> it could be a anyone problem. else getting a, a sky cap in the world of tomorrow vibe that a thing uh, yeah definitely right like mm-hmm. totally awesome uh <clears throat> so i was thinking me as awesome. and again it probably would not be economical to run an airship uh to like lhasa in tibet right probably not no. the best way to get stuff there <laughs> still it'd be these like crazy trucks and weird little cars that go up these things it's, it's nuts <coughs> so the show is really cool you should definitely watch hot roads if you can find it somewhere else i don't know where else it'd be but the the narration the narration lets it down it's really bad i'll just turn it off and i'll narrate it myself <laughs> turn it off narrate it yourself just watch turn on the captions and watch the dude watch the dude just like struggling to drive <laughs> Some of the roads were like, oh yeah, it's better than it used to be. You're like, what? What? How? <laughs> better? Oh. <laughs> what do you mean better? This is terrible. Terrifying. Like, how bad? <laughs> yeah, it's just really crazy. Like, all of the different, I've watched like a bunch of them, so my brain's like addled slightly about like trying to differentiate them from each other, but like, you know, there's a couple that are like, one of them was just like, Dakar, the capital, like the big city in Bangladesh. It's just like, yep, this is the road, and this is the town, and it it's a town, like a city that went from having like a million people to seventeen million people in like oh. five years. So it's like, <laughs> it's like, oh wow. my gosh, ah, it's it's growing. It's like it, it's the, the people, the population growth is insane, <laughs> and so the the streets are just like. Yep. Full. Always. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, and I mean that's a that's a whole nother topic as far as like planning for growth. But you're oh, yeah. right. I think I think these these foundations and I, I I hope that at least last year got more people thinking about where their products come from and how they're shipped, right? And how easily these systems can be completely disrupted with just a little tiny like what 
But in the grand scheme of things, it's a little tiny accident or a little tiny hiccup. Uh, as far as yeah, like, like to, to move, some, not even just to, to make something, but once it's made, how do you get it to your door? How do you get to your store? Yeah, those, and those, I, those, I think those channels that, are insane. There's two ways to think about this problem, right? The one reactionary is, ah, uh, supply chains are can potentially be unstable. We should rely on more domestic products only. Yeah, <laughs> right. So you're kind of shrinking the global economy in that sense. Um, some countries, that's like not a big deal, right? Other countries, like uh, they can't deal with that. Like, uh, but our f- where we we need food though. Right, like, yeah, <laughs> that kind of, especially when we're talking about like, not just like my Amazon order and that thing that I was, you know, my thing that I was trying to buy online that's stuck in the Suez Canal. I'm not talking about that. Right. I'm talking about like products to live. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> and so the other one is like, how do I keep global trade going and expand and make these systems more robust? Right, I think. I think that is the, that's the one I prefer personally. Uh-huh. There will be a lot of people that like the first one, right? Especially in the current climate, right? That's the one we have to go with, obviously. Like, oh no, blah, 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 blah. Like, no, no, stop it. Stop it. Stop it. Like, well, I think, I think a prudent way to go that is to see, like, is a hundred percent of this item coming from one channel? Okay, that's not good, right? Like, we well, yeah. need to kind of diversify that. And maybe that's diversified through coming from other imports. Maybe that is doing something more domestically. But well, I mean, yeah, but it's like it's not. I'm just saying, like it's the overreaction. It was like, oh no, we have to produce 100 percent of this thing domestically. Like, stop, hold on, right? That's not that's strictly necessary. Like, I'm all for like producing domestically and like growing job markets. Clearly, that's not a negative, right? Like, oh no more stuff and more more stuff to buy and more jobs for people ah how to, like, come on but like that's just we're at a stage in the global network yeah. where it is not possible to do that on the scale that perhaps it was in like you know the 19 early 1900 you know what i mean so like that's another thing that show is really the kind of eye opening thing about it is like how these goods get to final destination, like the links that they go through. And it's not just like finished goods. It's like, it can even be like locally sourced goods, right? Like people living in X area in the Himalayan mountains cannot grow food there or enough food for the population. So they have to have food imported. You know what I mean? It has to come from somewhere, even within the... (laughs) you know, the same country or the neighboring country. It can only come from, you know, uh, 200 miles away, but it has to get there somehow. You know, same thing like here, even if you think of small scale, like uh, there is not enough agriculture in my current area to feed the population of this area. It's just not. You know what I mean? So how do you make those things more robust and work together to make sure that everybody has more access to stuff, stuff in general, like food and 
necessities, but also like other things like cool stuff that they want to buy, right? Like, because that's good too. People want cool stuff. So that was the other thing about the show that I thought was just really neat to look at is like, number one, where some of these people live, how big some of these cities are that are seemingly in the middle of nowhere. Like, how did this population center even get here to support like this just enormous number of people and then how their stuff gets to them? This is really cool. I thought, even if the narration was really not exciting. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I mean, that gets to a lot of like just societal resiliency and stick to and right. Cause you see even like some, uh, ancient cultures of like, Man, they had a whole lot of people on top of this very tippy tip of the mountain. How did, yeah, what, right. Like, how did that? Ha- what, what are they doing up here? <laughs> <laughs> yes, it's always been a thing, right? There's always reasons. You know, I might not know what those are, but like that doesn't mean they're right. Not good my, reasons. My <laughs> favorite from those is when they're like, "Yeah, so we were, you know, going through this this little stash of stuff, and there's like oyster shells in here, and they're." 3,000 miles away from oysters. <laughs> and we don't really know how they got these here. <laughs> yeah, that's a pretty interesting one. Especially in like Mesopotamia. Like, man, they must have had a really good supply network to get oysters that far inland that fast to like not yeah. be bad right. 6,000 years ago. <laughs> or like, you just start thinking about like how how they would have even started making those connections or building those supply connection supply roads when we when we struggle to do it <laughs> in modern time that's true well that's the other thing about this show is like they're, they'll every once in a while show people like working on the road and it'll be like so remote <clears throat> or it'll be in a country that's like very poor and it's just like a whole bunch of dudes with shovels yep yep that's it <laughs> that's that's oh. the road crew <laughs> like <laughs> Uh, They're currently fixing the highway out here next to my house. Yeah. It's like a million people, like dump trucks for days, like seventy-five steamrollers, like not seven, like there's three, but uh, you know, asphalt machine, and, you know, all that stuff. And this is like some dudes with some shovels, <laughs> some baskets, yeah. Well, that's yep, like, that's it. Uh, <laughs> like there was one, there was like there a whole bunch of road crew making gravel. So that there was a whole bunch of dudes on the side of the road, just like smashing rocks with hammers to fill in these sections of road. Oh, like, what? That's like, <laughs> oh my gosh, the, um, Top Gear Burma special, right? Where he's like, maybe the roads are. Uh, yeah, it reminded me of that. Children, <laughs> you're like, oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Also topical, uh, good old, good old Burma right now. Oh man, oh, dear. I, um, uh, <laughs> yeah, it's a little rough. Um, a, li- a little, yeah, yeah, it's a bad deal. It, it's getting not, it's getting worse, like all the time. It's so, Ugh. so, yeah, anyway, yeah, for our, yeah, for our listeners who don't know, uh, Myanmar is not in good times. Uh, not good things right so now. It was February? Yeah. Was it February? February it happened, coup, I think. A coup attempt. Yes, the military decided, oh no, yeah. we won't be in charge again. 
<laughs> and then we're, now they are. Uh, remember those good times? So, we were, yeah. <clears throat> yes, no one ever say looks at the history of Burma slash Myanmar and goes, oh man, you remember when the military was in charge? That was the good old days. I just love that. So, <clears throat> no. I mean, Wait, the uh, people in the military probably say that. Uh, uh, no one else does. So, <clears throat> yeah. And hopefully they can, I don't know what they're going to do over there. It's getting bad, so. Yeah, I know the, the, the refugees are pouring out looking for sanctuary and safety from others. And Yeah. But there's people staying to fight, so I don't know. I, there hasn't been any yeah, talk know. of it really letting up. <clears throat> yeah, well, there hasn't been any talk anyway, because they keep turning off the internet. Well. Um, so... <laughs> That's the that's the hard part is like they keep like it's hard to know like what's going on sometimes because they keep restricting the flow of information coming out <clears throat> like literally turning off the internet and it's like nope sorry Blah. yeah yeah we'll just flip the switch so, yes so it's a uh, yes Blah. so keep an eye on that one see how that's going uh, <laughs> all our friends in Myanmar hope you're doing all right. That's yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. We'll have to keep track of what's going on there. Yeah. Yes. Mm. Well, I think I think we can't can't leave on that note. So I think what we need we to cannot is we need to we need to. I'm going to say you know last a ch- many a challenge has been has been posed. Um, I say, um, given having ended on that topic, next episode uh, we need to come prepared with two. We need it needs to be another good news. Or uh, episode is what I've decided. Okay, uh, I think we're gonna. <laughs> so, uh, we need to come prepared with some good news, uh, and we can just go round robin and uh, have another. Okay. have another good one. How many good newsful newses do we need to have? Uh, Did you say two? Uh, I said two. If you want to go okay. three, do three, but I'm saying two, two to three. Got two, it. Two to three. Okay. I'm in. Yes. We'll do that. <laughs> and then, dear listeners, we'll do a, a, another challenge. Challenge for sure. Okay. <laughs> do you want to do the one we've been talking about? The last one we talked about? Yes. I think so. I think that that we'll, we'll tease that a little bit. But yeah, I think we do need to. I think. Okay. I like idea there is one coordinate that and it's in the it's in the style of things that we don't know about yes that's the <laughs> which is because all of our challenges so far have either been in the things we don't know about or we bought a thing yes. that is the two challenges <laughs> that we <we've> need <seen. laughs> yes. which i'm okay with i'm fine with this i'm fine with uh, <laughs> those are the overarching uh sort of <laughs> themes they were going with of, of our lives so that sounds good yes, the thematic elements <laughs> yes do we just need to coordinate that one a little bit uh but yeah we'll we'll get that on the on in the works okay we'll do that one uh through textful texts later yes mm-hmm. the super secret channels but right now we'll start with next week good news part two which is topical because also good news part one uh, the backlog episode has recently come out on our YouTube channel. Follow us there to get old episodes of the podcast <laughs> hey. easily, easily accessible on YouTube. <laughs> Bang! I only remember that because I listened to it again yesterday. Because oh, I, man. <laughs> oh man, 
Boom! Look at that. Boom, Seamless blow. I like it. <laughs> And I actually did go through. I uh, I think we run. Uh, we're, we're coming up on the last little bit of episodes that I have uploaded. So I'm ha- I have to go back through and do another big dump of uh, of episodes so that so they all right. So it continues to flow. But yes, check out more coming soon. So yes, the ones on YouTube are not uh, the current ones yet. They're still the backlog yes. since we came late to the YouTube game. Yeah, but mm-hmm. they're on there. So you can if you've got. Easy, more easily accessible on your office computer, right? Oh, yeah. And or it's if you're all- still working from home, you can just bust it open right there. Bam. They're Got all- it in audio format. And they're all just classics, right? So what's going back and listening to the whole back catalog anyway, right? Like, just... That's- <laughs> mine, mine as well. Thank you. Relive those first formative episodes. <laughs> Skip over. Where Aaron talks about horse wrangling. And- Hello. <laughs> Still a good one. Oh, good one. <laughs> Indeed. Okay. That sounds good. Our first Action Castle experience. It's all there. <laughs> man. Oh, man. We got to do another one of those. Oh, there you go. Big so, one. yeah. Okay. So, next week, next week, good news part two. Hmm? And then after that, at some point, new challenge in the style of things that we don't know about. Yeah. <laughs> Which, listeners... If you have submissions for things that we don't know about, which I'm going to go ahead and tell you, oh, list. so especially our international friends, <clears throat> help us out and dump things that you think we should talk about in there. That'd be good. So <clears throat> you can do that by going to the contact form on obrotherpodcast.com and click connect That's true. or talk. Or- hey. <laughs> Boom button there <laughs> touch contact there's a contact button literally a contact button you can it's true email us so perfect that's good Whew. you can say you guys don't know about uh, this and we'll say yep you're yep. right we don't <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> but we will soon sounds good guys <laughs> all right love you i love it Love you too. Bye. Bye.